0: How have you um? How have you been finding this lockdown? Because it's kind of it feels a bit different to the others, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I feel like I've got a better idea of what we can and can't do. Which is, it's
0: only a year in, about time.
1: A year (laughs) in, finally, finally tweaked on. you can't see people in person oh right okay um i I, to be honest it's been it's been fine like it's not great but it's okay um Mm -hmm. i think because i'm married to sarah who is a itu nurse um all my foibles and woes and all those just kind of pale into insignificance in comparison to what she has to deal with on a weekly basis so I really f- I feel like I've got nothing to complain about. <laughs> it's fine. It's not great. It's not loads of fun. But I'm not having to deal with covid patients and yeah. the war zone that yeah. hospitals are at the moment. So
0: she is quite a legend. Shout out to the NHS people.
1: Yeah. Um we recognize that it has been uh a few weeks since we released the last episode. So just as a quick reminder of what this series is about we are looking at battlegrounds of the heart so we're, we're thinking about things that we as people uh, have to deal with on a daily basis things that contend for our desires and so at the beginning episode one we looked at money and the temptation that money can be in the the challenge that is to to handle that well. Episode two, we looked at sex and how it's a precious thing given from God, but it's also powerful and used in the wrong ways. Uh, it can be really destructive. So we paint a picture of what it means to follow God in that. Episode three was all about reputation, and this episode is all about comfort. And I guess we want to think. I guess we could kind of categorize it into two sections that we're going to look at today which is what is the world's perspective on comfort mm. and then what does the bible teach about it and how do we how do we avoid the pitfalls of what this world offers um and then think about how we can go about living a good life according to what the bible says and and what jesus leads us into um so uh, we came across this quote from C.S. Lewis, which I think would be a great quote to to start start off with, and then um, and then we can just think a little bit about what the world offers in terms of comfort. So C.S. Lewis said this: If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth. Only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin, and in the end, despair. And uh, I love that quote because uh, it just speaks into uh, the confusion that we see around us, that we're so often looking for comfort. And by comfort, I guess, I don't know, for me, that speaks of looking for stability and security so that we feel settled and safe. Um and we like to have control over those things, and we look to find those things in created things, things that we can access easily, things that we can add to our lives, which we think are gonna somehow benefit us and elevate us and We just see that all around it i don't even feel like I necessarily need to list those things, but uh just the immediacy of everything that is around us so uh the obvious example for me is ordering things on amazon which Mm. uh if there's one organization that must have done well through lockdown it is amazon (laughs) amazon
0: amazon (laughs)
1: amazon amazon (laughs) Um, and uh they obviously offer that next day delivery stuff Mm. and uh which is fantastic because you can literally just get whatever you need literally come the next day but if it is one day delayed beyond that I don't know about you. I don't know what your reaction is. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but man, it's infuriating. You're like, I ordered it so it would arrive tomorrow, not two days' time.
0: We found James's trigger.
1: <laughs> I can't be the only one. And to be honest, that to me reveals something that speaks into this thing of comfort, of of you just want things delivered to you in the way that you want it to, in the time frame that you want. Um, and so... I think what C.S. Lewis is saying is if you 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 know, if you look for those things, if you look to those things, then you won't find comfort or truth. It will just lead you to despair. And that is the whole issue and problem around worshipping created things rather than the creator, because they just become an end to itself and they just lead you to despair. It's a little bit like uh, getting excited about the boat that you're in more than the destination that you're going to, I guess which just when you put it like that, it's like, yeah, that's so ridiculous. Like we invest so much of our time and money in things that aren't supposed to give us their means to an end. And yet we put pile all our uh, investments, whatever that is into those things. So I think we see those traps all around us when it comes to comfort. And I think particularly in our country, in the UK, it's, it's all around us. Um, but I, I wonder, Lex, if you want to just share perhaps what the Bible says about some of this stuff and uh the way in which we can avoid some of these traps when it comes to comfort.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um so the bit of passage that that we're gonna be looking at particularly today is Matthew 16, uh twenty-one to twenty um, Seven-ish. But we're going to start off uh, at the beginning. A very good place to start in the words of Maria von Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trapp. So it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And it would serve us well, I feel, to to unpack this slightly, because this whole idea of taking up, their cross um, or taking up our cross is a is a big one and what that means is essentially a call to to come and to die and that today especially to sort of modern sensibilities maybe feels all sorts of wrong um, and and backwards because actually every piece of information we're fed today um, the sort of barrage of information that we get from tv and shows and the internet and conversation um in marketing etc etc the list goes on it it says the exact opposites we every day are faced with these slogans that say you do you or you go after what you want or follow your heart or don't let anyone tell you um what you can or can't do and all of those slogans all of those things feed into this idea that life is about self-fulfillment it's about more for you and I think herein lies the clash James that you were sort of touching upon then which is the sort of the clash between the church or the Bible's stance on this life and what it's about and then the world's stance on this life and, and what it's about and if you go on to uh something more's website there's a collection of brilliant articles and I remember there was one that was written a while ago and it had a really really what I thought and still think um is an exceptional ending which was um that this life isn't about more for you it's about more than you. Um, and that still echoes around my mind today. And it, and it came to mind straight away when when we said that we were going to do an episode on comfort because I was like, therein lies the clash for me. Um, we live in a in a world, in an age, um, in, a, in a place of being told every day that we need to accrue more in order to be happy and in order to succeed and um, in order to have all of the good things which we are owed and which we're entitled to. Um, but the Bible actually says that that is very much not the case. It's, it sort of says the antithesis really. Um, And I think, although we might recognize these words inside out, this whole idea of, we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus in order to achieve what the Bible says is sort of meaningful life, a life of true comfort and fulfillment. And, all of those things, although we may recognize them, the reason for us, and I know the reason for me, um, that it's so hard to take up that lifestyle of, of self-denial is because overall, we just can't fathom a vision of the good life that, that just doesn't involve getting what we want or getting what I want. Um, but there still remains this question around self-denial and what that is. Um, does that look like selling everything and living some monk life existence does it look like not engaging with popular culture does it look like running from the things that we want are all desires wrong I think that is a really good place for us to kind of move next to to better understand this whole idea of comfort and self-denial what is right and what is wrong so I don't know James whether you could um help us understand (laughs) self-denial a little more
1: yeah I think In the passage that you uh, read to us, Lex, there's a helpful description or explanation of what self-denial looks like, which uh, comes in at verse 25, which says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And I guess Jesus in teaching the disciples about losing their life and taking their cross and following him there's this thing of it, there's this thing of sacrifice there's a theme of giving up what you humanly want and desire but then it's recognizing that uh there's an alternative way of living that is far more fulfilling. So I think we can often approach self-denial as God just doesn't want me to have any fun. He doesn't want me to enjoy life. We just have to kind of, uh, beat ourselves round the back, uh, and punish ourselves and kind of, uh, yeah, stop ourselves from enjoying things. And, and that's not what God, that's not what God is saying. That's not what Jesus is teaching here. Uh, what you're saying is 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 if the pursuit of of those things become the end goal uh, then you're you're living a life that is completely focused on what you want rather than what god wants and what god knows is best for us uh, and so rather than kind of swimming against the current of of culture and what culture is telling us and what what things around us are telling us what we need rather than just swimming against those things Jesus is offering us a completely different lifestyle he's he's pulling us out of that river that is that is flowing against us and he's taking us out and he's saying no come and come and be with me don't don't worry about what culture is telling you don't even try and swim against it because that's going to be that is going to be tough i'm calling you to something higher and i'm calling you to something better and that is to lose to lose your life in this world and follow me and I, and there's a simplicity to that and even like i'm just thinking now actually that you see that when jesus calls the disciples the disciples uh so you know when he calls the disciples who are fishing and they they're concerned about what's going on with them catching their fish mending their nets and Jesus just calls them and says come and follow me don't don't worry about that come and follow me i'm going to call you to an altogether different lifestyle of following me and i think self-denial there is sacrifice and there is there can be tension in that um But actually when we see it as lifting our eyes above the milieu of everything going on around us and seeing that God is calling us to something far greater and far more satisfying, then self-denial actually becomes really appealing and Mm -hmm. far more satisfying. And Jesus says that, doesn't he? He says, you will find your life if you follow me rather than what the world is offering. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so that for me is partly of what self-denial looks like but Mm -hmm. i guess the other question that we want to ask ourselves is well why 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 should we do that why should we
0: deny ourselves
1: why should why should we deny ourselves things Mm -hmm. that we want and and is that always wrong to do uh wonder if you've got any thoughts on that
0: yeah well yeah i think actually those those verses within those passages the key word is is will if you read back it says for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Um, it's not should, it, it's not ought to, it's it's this statement of, of reality. It's how life actually works. God's sort of laying, or well, Jesus here is laying these two options before us. Either A, you deny Jesus and you follow yourself, aka you put desire, which is a choice you can make. You, you can put desire on, on the throne of your lives and make that your ultimate authority and pursuit. Or B, you deny yourself and, and you follow Jesus and that will cost you. Um, but he's saying here that that you will find life, um, and we know that to be true, don't we? I, I think um, we know. So, for example, dissatisfaction. This whole idea of a: if you deny Jesus and, and and follow yourself, that leads to to dissatisfaction because our soul was built for God and and it was made by God, this eternal being, and therefore nothing will ever satisfy that fully a, aside from Him. And I think it's we all know that to be true because that's what happens when any of us get Um, that I think we think we wanted, um, we're happy for a minute, two minutes until that sort of initial buzz wears off. and, And before you know it, our horizon has shifted. And where that one thing once sat, now we have 10 things that are vying for our attention and telling us that when we have them, then our lives will be better and more comfortable and we'll be more rounded and we'll be smarter and more appealing. And and by contrast to that, what, what he says in, in choosing him and and, and in denying ourselves, sorry, um, that we will find satisfaction because when you when you no longer need to get what you want in order to be happy, when what you have is is enough, um, when what you have now is enough, that dramatically increases your ability to be comfortable and to be content. Because we are happiest, I think, when when our ordinary life is enough. And, and how do we get that? Because we can, right here, right now, us feeling dissatisfied with our house or our body or our career or whatever it may be. And we do that by, enthroning god as our king and again it's not an original thought we've said it so many times on this podcast in this season and and in previous ones but by dethroning our desire by taking that out of the center by jumping off of this hamster wheel that is all about more for me i need more i need to consume more i need to know more i need to experience more i need to have more we when we no longer get our satisfaction through what we want but but through continual connection to god through the spirit that is when we find that that ultimate all-filling full stop satisfaction mm. um the the last thing that i think i'd want to throw into the ring on on desire is that i don't want you to go away from this we don't want you to go away from this thinking that it is inherently wrong that desire is is a bad thing in, fa- in fact desire can be a great thing it can be a great motivator in many ways but I think where we want you to to land with it and what we're trying to say is yes it it is a great motivator and it is a good thing but it is a it is a bad master we we want to be free from this the domination of our want we don't want to be free from desire entirely it because it is good when it's in its proper place but that proper place is when it's under god and There is a deep happiness in the person that has died to self, not because they've transcended desire and they've sort of level up in life. They've they've beat us all. And they're in this elite club of people that are just entirely unaffected. Um, They're not in their own personal nirvana, but they are deeply happy because their desires have been put in their proper place below God. And their deepest desire has been aimed at and has been met um, and has found satisfaction in that continuous relationship with god so that is what we want to want you to take away from it and we have to trust that god knows better than us in what will make for a good life and until we come to believe that and trust in that we're always going to be doing everything we can to fight for control over our life because we think we know better than god
1: yeah lex and 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 like you said you know the way to dispel comfort and seeking the things around us to bring us comfort is that idea like you said of, of dethroning those things and placing God in his rightful place but I thought I think that also then puts an emphasis on us seeing the beauty and the majesty and the attractiveness of who Jesus is and who and who he is and what he's done for us because there's the kind of logical like, oh I know I need to do that. But unless you're actually captivated by his beauty and recognize who he is, then it's very difficult to dethrone anything. Uh and so now's just an opportunity to make much of Jesus and and who he is. And um life is not about us. It's not for us. It's far more than just about us, but it's about it's about God. But Also, if we remove ourselves from the centre of our own lives and recognise that there are people around us that need to know the good news of Jesus, then we stop accruing things for ourselves. We stop making our life about us. Again, I think that speaks back into Matthew 16 of taking up our cross and following him, that Jesus isn't calling us to do something that he didn't do himself. Uh, And although we will never actually, it's it's unlikely that we are going to actually have a physical cross on our back having to be crucified, but there's something of the lifestyle that Jesus calls us in where we will have to deny ourselves. We w- It's not going to be straightforward. We may well have to go through pain and suffering. We may have to reject things. We may have to become unpopular in order to uh, tell people about Jesus. They w- may not like the message that we carry, but we draw power and comfort from him through his Holy Spirit. And so there's just that natural outflow then, and it takes our eyes off ourselves and to others around us.
0: Oh, twanging cool my <laughs> I, honestly, I, mean, I was just about
1: i was just about to wrap up there Lex, my knee just twanged. Knee. honestly
0: Goodness. it happened the other day when i was on zoom and there is okay so i was sat not quite cross-legged but like one leg basically how i'm now sort of sat on one leg on a zoom call and for some reason out of the blue my knee just decided to to like Twang. pop and there's nothing like trying to meet people for the first time on Zoom and play it cool when your knee is in agony and you're well, like,
1: "Don't sit on one leg, Lex." That, just, that sounds like a very uncomfortable situation that you got yourself into. There.
0: No, but you know, like when you're younger, you can sit cross-legged. That goes right. out the window when you're beyond like
1: ten. Oh right. Well, I'm was, not, I can't that, achieve that. that it. Was a subtle dig at me. No, no bragging
0: rights. <laughs> anyway.
1: Um, well, anyway, on that note of twanging your knee. Um, Lovely to see you, Lex. Thank you for your wisdom, as always. Looking forward to the next episode, which will be on...
0: Experience.
1: Ooh. Hmm.